Hello. And welcome to a very special bonus episode of Into the Aether. It is a low-key video game podcast where every year is the year of Luigi. <laughs> My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. I was going to go, hello, like Luigi, but didn't want to <laughs> reveal my hand too soon. It's so funny you say every year is the Luigi, because that I think the year of Luigi was the one year you and I worked for a video game website together. Yeah. And it was also the year that Nintendo lost $400 million. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll never forget that headline. And I don't think it was because of the year of Luigi at all. In fact, it definitely wasn't based on numbers we have and know, but it did say year of Luigi Nintendo reports a loss of $400 million. (laughs) That was like mid Wii U era, right? Yeah, it was, it was like the Wii U had been out for a year and was not doing well. Like there was some deal where like, if you bought a Wii U game, you got like two other Wii U games. Cause why not? (laughs) And Mercedes had product placement in Mario Kart. It it was a strange time. for. Oh yeah. I'm amazed that the Mercedes didn't make it into Mario Kart eight deluxe. Yeah. They're like, we're fine now. The switch is doing great. Thanks for helping us out in the year of Luigi Mercedes, (laughs) but we're good. We're good. Uh, I say that it's not Luigi's fault because we are talking about the Luigi's Mansion trilogy. Yeah, today. I would say that even if we weren't talking about the Luigi's Mansion trilogy. I don't want to put it all on that one guy. <laughs> but all these games have sold ridiculously well, which we'll get into later. Yeah, um, I wrote down all the numbers, actually, because I was okay, so good. dumbfounded when I learned this. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about it later. Which, like, of course, Nintendo games sell well. But like, even knowing that it's like fucked up numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion uh, as a trilogy has been a gangbuster experience for Nintendo somehow. It, <laughs> it's funny that uh, the game that d- sells so well is also like the game itself is Luigi just vacuuming up cash for like most of the experience. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brenda and I have played Luigi's Mansion 1, 2, and 3 in preparation for this episode. Very excited to get into it. I imagine for the order, we'll just do one, two, and three. Um, we can do the machete order. Do you want to do the machete order? Start with the arcade game because it's the prequel. <laughs> the machete order is play uh, Mario Paint first, uh-huh. uh, then uh, pay, uh, Thousand Year Door, but actually listen to Luigi's explanation of his adventure. <laughs> Codor 2 and yeah. Dark Moon. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. Let's do one, two, three then. But uh, do you, before we get into one, do you want to talk a little bit like I, this probably won't be a super long section. I, I know for bonuses, we usually open with like our past experience with the franchise, with the series or with the game. In this case, for me, it's pretty short. I played the first one when I turned 11. I got a GameCube on my birthday and it came with Luigi's Mansion and Melee. It was like the best like oh yeah one two punch one two three punch uh that that sleepover that birthday sleepover was like <laughs> no sleep it was just melee and let me just mention i think we beat it that night like, it was just like a blur yeah but i remember really loving it i played through all of it and had a fond memory of it but i haven't played the first one since then so excited to talk about it and then uh, i haven't played i hadn't played until now dark moon and i played a little bit of three but this is really like my first as an adult, like going through all of them experience. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't played any of the first one. I think I'd seen some of it probably like yeah. at a friend's house who had a GameCube. But like I had never played it. Um, I'd never like truly never really had an interest in playing it. 
to be honest. Like it just yeah. never really appealed to me. I was like, oh yeah, it's, I, I know that exists. But I never heard people <laughs> like fervently being like, you gotta play Luigi's Mansion. So like I, yes. it was never, you know, at the top of my pecking order of things to check out. Dark Moon, I picked up a used copy of from a GameStop years ago for like $15. And just, again, never played it. I don't know why I bought it if I wasn't going to play it. <laughs> But I did buy it, and I've been holding on to a copy of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon for, like, years that has it's just gone... for you. Yeah, just gone unplayed until uh, <laughs> until this month in preparation for this episode, which we'll get to later. Um, now I feel like an idiot. Uh, and Luigi's Mansion 3 came out on Switch, and I, again, kind of had no interest in it, because I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Just jump in with the third one? Like, absolutely not. If I'm ever yeah. going to play Luigi's Mansion, I'll start with the first one. I need the lore. Yeah, you, yeah the lore is important, you know? It, it actually kind of is, a little bit. Just a little bit. There's some interesting crossover. Yeah. You're right. Anyway, I uh, just like never really found uh, the concept like super interesting. And honestly, it wasn't until we were talking about stuff to do for the bonus episode for this month that it was like, you know what? If ever there was going to be a time for me to check out Luigi's Mansion, it would be this like this would be it. And and yeah. being able to I, I think at least for this episode, generally speaking, when we do bonus episodes, it's like kind of an all encompassing, like very holistic thousand foot view retrospective kind of thing. Um, the the mandate we set for ourselves this time was like, let's kind of take it easy this time. It's like, just play as much of each of them as feels good and then move on yeah, to the next one. This isn't one. the Mass Effect trilogy. Like, there's no like right. big decisions carrying over to Dark Moon or anything. Ex- exactly. So, yeah. th- this idea of like, okay, cool, I can like dip in and out of, of one, two, and three. Um, just like get a good flavor for all of them over the course of a month. You know, I, I mean, I gave them like real time, but, you know, just being able to dip it in and out, which is like, yeah, this is a very nice and casual way to experience this trilogy. And I'm glad we did it this way because I've, I've been having a really good time just like in between weeks prepping for regular spooky season episodes being like, I don't even need to think about what I'm going to play tonight. It's going to be a Luigi's Mansion game um, <laughs> has been really good. And uh, that's that's kind of where I've been at. There's an arcade game that I did not play. I don't know where you can find that. I don't even know if arcades are open and still exist. I do know that it was made by Capcom, which I think is very interesting. Luigi's Mansion as a series has a very interesting history in terms of who's developing what game, which I also want to get into later. Oh, cool. I don't know much about that. Yeah, I want to hear about that. I do. I do think it's interesting, though, because like thinking back on the release of Luigi's Mansion, I remember people being disappointed that that was the launch game because it wasn't like a big mainline Mario game. And I think... I, I went back and I read a bunch of reviews from that era, from like when it came out. And a lot of people are like, this is surprisingly good, but it's no Mario. It's like very silly to me. It's like very funny. It's almost um, meta because that's like kind of the point, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, like Luigi's always in Mario's shadow and everything. But I have a lot to say about like the first Luigi's Mansion as a launch title and its relationship to specifically Mario 64. Oh, okay. So we'll get into that once we like start that section. But yeah. Um, that was the vibe. Like it, it was like enjoyed, but sort of kind of tossed aside a little bit, you know, like yeah. um, because it was so short. And that also like I feel like especially back then, a game's length was like heavily scrutinized. Like if it was short, that was objectively a bad thing. Right. And I don't really agree with that in 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially I, doing a video game podcast. But totally with you there. 
Yeah. Um, I also think that that's an extremely silly critique to levy against the first Luigi's Mansion specifically, yes, yes, which we can yes. get into. Um, but like th- that was a constant refrain I saw in a lot of those reviews was like, eh, it's too short. Can't recommend it. Pick up a different launch title like this isn't the one it was like, oh, my God, you're killing me. But I do think that like the that kind of conversation revolving around the series the whole time it's existed is like one of the reasons I didn't check it out ever until now yeah I, I think there was just kind of this like general malaise then there was the travesty of the year of luigi not working out <laughs> oh, poor guy just in general it was like i i don't know if this is a game franchise that i'm gonna be like super stoked about but in retrospect like it is the perfect into the aether fodder like it is so oh, yeah. exactly what this show is all about and the exact kind oh, of yeah. shit that you and i constantly check out we just talked um this is the second episode that we're recording today and in in the first episode uh, the regular episode that we recorded we were talking about oblivion and how it's like now the weird middle middle child between Morrowind which is gaining popularity because of its backwards compatibility and availability on Game Pass and Skyrim which obviously is like you know the big older brother who went to Harvard. Oblivion's this weird kind of like I don't know mist in between the two of them uh, and that's why you and I love it so much and I feel yeah. like that's what this franchise is or at least that's what I thought until I started checking the sales numbers on this shit because man Luigi's Mansion is a big franchise. Yeah. I think that's the thing that I learned in playing all three games is like because of the time in between each game and sort of like the general discussion about each game. I don't think it was until three that I really started to see this as like another series and not. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, the first game was immediately compared to Mario. It was considered a Mario game despite right. the title, which is so funny. Um, but uh, I, I get why. And I get, you know, when a new when a new Nintendo system comes out, it usually comes with a new Mario game. So it's like, what is this system all about? And I think you and I said a little bit about this off the show, but like Luigi's Mansion so clearly stated what the GameCube was going to set out to do for its entire like legacy. Because I feel like, you know, the NES saves video games as a medium in business because before that you know people were really wondering like are home consoles a thing is this like a viable business is this like an any is this anything and the (laughs) nes is like here you go here's mario yes it is a thing and then super nintendo is really where i think nintendo like cements their different series and kind of finds their voice and and honestly like that's still kind of the heart of so many of their different ip with like super metroid and super mario world and like they just got it right so quickly in that console and n64 was like a continuation of that into a new dimension so i feel like by the time they get to gamecube they're like let's play around let's be silly let's be weird you know it's it's almost like like with the nes nintendo games almost every sequel is like a wild deviation from what the game before was. Mm. And I feel like GameCube is a system of NES sequels. And like every, (laughs) every like main, like Nintendo first party game on the GameCube is like a wild take on that idea. And it pays off and it doesn't like, I think Luigi's Mansion pays off sunshine. I'm like not as hot on as other people, but it's a good game and it's a cool experiment with Mario wind waker. I think wildly paid off. Yeah. Um, But they're all like really different takes on their franchises. You know, Star Fox, they took him out of his plane, which was <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good decision. Um, but uh, I just think the GameCube was like Nintendo maybe at their most experimental, at least with their own property. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to be clear, I think that Star Fox Adventures could have been good. It's not like on its own. It's not a bad game. I think making it a Star Fox game 
makes it worse, you know? And that's actually, from what I know of the development, it was originally not going to be a Star Fox game. Right. Rare was like working on an adventure game that I think happened to Star Fox. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, why not just make it? It was like Star Dino Fox. Adventures or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So not terrible, know. but it's like not what you want from Star Fox, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted. You're right, though. That That is very much the vibe of the GameCube. I mean, even down to the way that system looks and the way the controller looks. And they're like very good purple color that they picked for like the main version of their console. Yeah. Uh, like they just kind of they just kind of nailed it. They, they really plants a flag in the ground. And I think launching with Luigi's Mansion is like such a silly choice. And it really, I think. I think I I think now in retrospect paid off. I have my I have I my thoughts, which when we get into talking about the game, um, I have my thoughts about the first game on the GameCube specifically. But uh, actually, should we just do that? Should we just get into it? Yeah. Why don't we uh, uh, maybe play some uh, Luigi's Mansion music here and we'll get into the first one. <laughs> All right, we're into it. We are in the Luigi's Mansion 1, Luigi's Mansion, A New Hope segment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A new mansion. So like I said earlier, I played this game like all the way through like as an 11 year old and I haven't really played it since. I was really excited to go back to it. And honestly, like in doing this bonus or planning to do this bonus, I was prepared to like feel okay about these games like like i was committed to doing this episode but i was like prepared for like i'm sure they'll be fun enough that we can bring them to the show like in honesty but i don't know if i'm gonna be like blown away by them yeah and honestly like i i really loved revisiting the first one so i'm playing this on my wii with my new gamecube remote with the smash logo on it so very bizarre oh, hell setup. yeah yeah, a very bizarre setup to play the first Luigi's Mansion. So it's worth noting, too, in in preparing for this episode, I actually ended up playing. I would say I, I've played about half of each game um, and I've finished the first one before. And I've played like later parts of three at a friend's house. So, you know, a mix of stuff. But yeah. um, I played Dark Moon first, primarily. Like I, oh. I spent the most time playing Dark Moon in preparing for this episode because the easiest to get. It was like. That game is like $20 still like used at a yeah. game store. You can find it pretty easily if you have a 3DS at least. Yeah. And uh, in most countries, so play- the eShop is still open, so you can still download it. <laughs> right. So I, I played that first and then I'm like, let me play the first one next. I feel like if I play three next and then go back to the first one, it might be like kind of rough. Mm. And what I think really stands out about the first one is that it is in structure a horror game more than the other two are yeah it is resident evil one and two yeah it's literally you're literally going to a mansion in the same yes. <laughs> in the same way the shot the camera shot when you open a door is this like is the same yeah <laughs> genuinely creepy like still shot of the door in luigi's hand opening it and the game is not it's scary in moments. It's Luigi's Mansion, so I'm not going to tell you it's like horrific, <laughs> but it's genuinely creepy at all times. Like yeah. I, I feel like this game is unnerving and is really like it's scary in the way that um, the ghost levels in Mario 64 are, where there's like really creepy music playing and there's like mm-hmm. carnivals spinning and like they're they're flexing their horror muscles, but the actual threat is like a cute ghost. And that's the only thing that keeps it from being Resident Evil. It's like <laughs> the ghosts are just like, you know, cute or they're like just like people reading. 
But um, I I loved that structure for this, and I loved like just just the mood. I think it has the strongest like setting of the three, and or maybe not strongest setting, but I just love like that they're really genuinely going for Resident Evil through the lens of Nintendo. Yeah, I I man. I would I would argue that this game has the strongest setting of the three. I know why you, yeah. I know why you walked that back. Like I I feel that yeah. it is definitely less of like an obvious thing. I think between the three of them, I yeah. would argue that this one has the strongest sense of place of the three. The second one we'll get into kind of undercuts itself by constantly pulling you out of the mansion. Yeah. The first one though kind of does a similar thing, but generally speaking, at the end of the day, is more like Metroidvania in style. Um, allowing you to just kind of like wander around the mansion. And as you start to solve puzzles and get more abilities, you'll be able to explore more of the place. But you really do get a sense of the floor plan the more you play it, which I think is kind of the the magic trick of the game is like you have a map that you can check. You have the Game Boy Horror, which is great. It's just like a little <laughs> Game Boy on the bottom right of your screen uh, that you can use to talk to Professor Egad at any moment. But that said, eventually you kind of don't need it you know, to like reference anymore. I, I, at least I found like once I got far enough in, I just realized that like I knew the mansion, like it was my mansion. It, it's worth mentioning that the, the game opens the way the inciting event of this video game is Luigi gets a piece of mail. That's like, you won a whole ass mansion and he shows up and is like, this is great. I can't believe I won a whole mansion and surprise, surprise. It is a trap. And I love you immediately run into a ghost, obviously. And, you run into Professor Egad, who is uh, just an icon. I don't know. I'm amazed <laughs> that I haven't seen him in more stuff. I'm amazed that he's not like staple Nintendo character at this yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, he's incredible, especially. He's so good. Egad is unbelievable. Um, But I love that he like one of the first things he does is gives you a dressing down. Like he's like, Luigi, you fucking idiot. You did not want a mansion. I can't believe you believe this. You are a fool. Your older brother, who also got the same letter and also showed up and got kidnapped, is also an idiot. I will help you save him. Uh, and he gives you, you know, the vacuum and sets you off on your quest. But I love that event is like these two brothers are so fucking dumb. Yeah. And it kind of gets into <laughs> what I think is is my favorite thing about all three of these games is like it is the most personality we've ever gotten from these characters who are iconic, right? Like, yes, the Mario yes. brothers by themselves, I think, have always been kind of like, you know, that Luigi is like the tall, younger one. And like, that's all you really know about him for like almost 30 years. <laughs> like that's <laughs> and and that's just in relation to Mario, who you know nothing about. So like the fact that Luigi is taller is all you got really and it's really not until these games i think because like super mario 64 doesn't really give you a whole lot if i'm being honest but this is the first one where it's like i have a very good sense of who luigi is as a person at this point um and it's in subsequent games that you then learn what mario is all about even then it's a little shaky i i've argued many times that i think mario is kind of a blank slate he's like kind of a nothing dude but luigi's personality comes through loud and clear in all three of these games and i I really appreciate that. And I, I I know why Nintendo is not going further in the direction of giving Mario more personality, which I think they will completely throw out the window, stuff into a trash can and destroy when that movie comes out. Because <laughs> yeah. that's going to be a travesty, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. in terms of like giving him like a real sense of. It's going to be like when Link had a voice and he went, excuse. 
Excuse me, princess. It's going to yeah. be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> but for now, we have Luigi's Mansion, and I'm very happy about it. Oh, yeah. All of that said, I started playing this on the GameCube. I played for, I don't know, like two or three hours on the GameCube and found the control scheme like insufferable. I just like couldn't do it. I was I was ready to stop playing the game entirely and be like, that's it. I've played enough. I'm going to come to the show, be like, I hate the controls. I'm sorry. You know, it's it's been 20 years since this game came out and these controls don't hold up and that's going to be it for me and then move on to the other ones. More recent, I'm sure have better control schemes. And I moved on to playing two. Uh, I, I moved on to playing Dark Moon on the 3DS and was like, yes, this control scheme is good. I'm feeling good about this, uh, which we'll talk about more in the second one. But playing that game made me remember that there was a remake of the first Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, let me let me check that out. Like, let me see what that's all about, because maybe that'll work for me. And this brings me to my first hot take of the episode which is I think the 3DS version is amazing. I think it's way better than the original. Just from a control standpoint, I find Mm. it's more fun in general to move around that world and explore because they essentially went and like almost patched in all the stuff that they added as far as quality of life is concerned from Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Just much better control all around, specifically holding down the A button, allows you to charge up your flashlight and shoot it instead of just turning it off and on, which is the way it works on the GameCube one. You can use the gyroscope on the 3DS, which is surprisingly great to aim, so you don't need to constantly be fighting with the C-stick or whatever Yeah, yeah. in the first one. Like, overall, I just found it to be a really great package. On top of that, they add Gooigi into the first game, which is wild. What? Yes. Uh, oh, wow. And on top of that, I think one of the larger things about this game that I kind of want to talk about, like it's an arcade game. It's a score chase game, which is yeah. wild. It's meant to be played over and over again. And because of that, I think it like fits best on a handheld console, uh, which is like wild. I have now since coming to that realization, I went back and checked out reviews of the 3DS version and all of them are like, this game is a travesty. It's unplayable. There's no reason to pick it up. <laughs> Everybody hates this. And I so disagree. I so vehemently disagree. If it wasn't for the 3DS version, I would have stopped where I did. And I ended up playing a lot of it. I liked it a lot. I think it's great. I'm going to keep playing. I'm probably going to finish it. I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful game. I think it's a great port. It's amazing that they fit a GameCube game on there. I, I know of like two major instances where they have managed to pull that kind of magic trick. One of them is Luigi's Mansion. The other one is Xenoblade Chronicles, where they somehow yeah, fit yeah. that whole ass like hundred plus hour Wii <laughs> game JRPG on the 3DS. And maybe Dragon Quest A as well. Yes. Also shocking. Yes. Um, But this game works surprisingly well. I mean, like all of the stuff that made the original shocking on the GameCube. Right. So like reflections and mirrors, the uh, essentially all the physics objects, you know, everything being interactable um, and the way uh, light and shadow falls on the environment. Like those were all like mind blowing technical leaps for Nintendo to make at the time that the GameCube came out. Oh, yeah. And it's all there on the 3DS version. So I just want to say, if you're looking to play this game, you don't want to go pick up a GameCube, you don't know how to uh, like emulate it or you can't emulate it for whatever reason, check out the 3DS version. It's available on the eShop, probably available in a lot of stores for almost no money because nobody likes it except me. Uh, and just turn on those gyro controls and uh, mess around with those control settings. There are a lot of them and you'll find some that you like. <laughs> I love that. I didn't play that remake. Um, I didn't struggle with the controls as much, but I get where you're coming from because like Resident Evil, Luigi is a little bit of a tank when you're moving him around. Yes. So I think that's I think- inherent to the franchise. Just to be clear, I think that sure. that 
that like difficulty in maneuvering Luigi around the room is like part of the charm of playing as Luigi, who is a little bit of like, you know, a bumbling scaredy cat. It makes sense for the game to be a little bit hard to control. It's just as they continued to make sequels to it, they figured out how to still make that fun. And I don't think it's as fun in the first one, unless, again, you're doing the 3DS version with the gyro controls. Sure. But yeah, I think in the first one, too, the other big strength for me was the sort of like, again, Risen Evil, like clue research and like puzzle solving and problem solving. Yeah. And like a lot of times, like you'll walk into a room and you'll see a ghost. And I think complimenting what you mentioned about like eventually you know the place secondhand. You don't need to look at the map. You also end up learning about who lived there, which is kind of like yes. scary and sad, but also exciting. <laughs> and uh, you will like see like one, one for example, is this woman brushing her hair um, in front of a mirror. And you can only like suck up a ghost if you see their heart, but her heart's not exposed. So you right. pull out your Game Boy Horror and you can like first person scan the ghost and see like how do I how do I defeat them? Yeah. And in her case, you had to vacuum open the curtains and then like a, a gust comes in and then you can shine her with the flashlight. And I, I just love like every ghost has like a different way of like making them vulnerable. And it, it, it shows a lot of personality and a lot of like intuitive problem solving that I really enjoyed. And it's also like. It, and this is where the game is a little bit more tense and creepy than the other than the other two is like to look through first person while there are like bats or mice or like the ghosts themselves like potentially going to hurt you. Like it's really like frantic to get that yes. to get that up. Yes, it is very tense. I also find yeah. that the design of the ghosts in this game are, I think, actually, as you're saying, actually creepy. Like they yeah. actually seem a little bit too much like real people who have died and not moved yes. on. And they all have things going on where you can tell like you can tell what's up a little bit about like why they're an angry spirit for some reason or another. I think the best example of that is maybe like the first boss who is a huge, horrifying baby. Uh, (laughs) Again, Resident Evil. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who who pulls you into like a dark dimension where uh, it's It's, that's scary. That's actually it's like actually unsettling in a real way. Um, And and. I think some people would argue that the series has gotten worse since it's moved away from that stuff. I don't know if I agree as much and we'll talk about why later, but I really, really understand why some people would say Luigi's Mansion 1 has a sense of style and a vibe that has gone unmatched since because that is true. I think that there is something very special about what they accomplished in this game from an atmosphere perspective. Me that, too, yeah. That really makes it worth checking out because it's shocking that Nintendo made this, I think. Yeah. It it feels very risky for them. For their launch title. Yeah. It's like you are making a, a genuine horror, like as much as you could, it's essentially like Courage the Cowardly Dog level of horror where it's like, <laughs> this is for kids, but you still have pretty scary moments like the, you're not perfect. Like there's, yes. there's at least one or two, you're not perfects in Luigi's Mansion 1 uh, between <laughs> the baby and just like the general unsettling atmosphere. But you know, it's still like cute and fun. And and what really, what I love about the first one is like, whenever you get a call from me, Gad, you're like, oh, thank God <laughs> you have that. <laughs> And that's what I love about, you know, I don't I don't think it's a horror game per se, but like it has the framing device of one. And I love that exhale, you know, in, in Village when you see the Duke and you see the typewriter, 
and you get a break. Right, right. It, it helps so much with the pacing, and it also incentivizes you to get back out there. Like I love that sort of like planning phase and then going into the unknown. Like mm-hmm. it's so it's so cool to me. Yeah, I th- I think it really worked. And and as you continue to play the game, like obviously Egad continues to call you on your Game Boy Horror and like ask you to come back to his lab, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, you're kind of just able to like roam around the mansion at your own will. And it feels more open than most Nintendo stuff also, which I think yeah. is it's also really surprising that they haven't. I don't know. It, it almost feels like if if hypothetically Luigi's Mansion one came out now and you and I were talking about it, you know, in the grand scheme of everything that Nintendo has done, I would say that this seems like them trying to set up to potentially make a more open world, like expansive thing later. But that said, like we haven't really seen a whole lot of that from Nintendo that that doesn't seem to be as much their vibe outside of Bowser's Fury, which is like their most recent attempt at doing a thing like that, that people have now looked at and said, doesn't Bowser's Fury seem like it's setting up for a bigger open world? You know, like, I feel like we keep coming back to this. And it's wild that way back in 2001, they were also experimenting with that kind of gameplay and that kind of uh, that kind of experience. But also it's the company that made Metroid, you know, so like them making a kind of (laughs) Metroidvania-esque open world experience um, is great. I like this game a lot. I think it's really good i am struggling to not that we have to rank them but like i feel compelled to rank them and i'm struggling to do that with these games um because i think each of them have their own strengths in like really specific ways totally the thing about the first game i think i i haven't finished it yet but i as i mentioned already i do feel very strongly that it is set up to be kind of an arcade score chase thing all the money you're getting is really just like the point value almost like spelunky like you can collect all the money you want but it doesn't mean anything unless you're like trying to get on the leaderboards and that's kind of what luigi's mansion is going for which i think is very interesting the other games play with the idea of currency in different ways but this one is really just like how high can you get that score um which i think in 2001 on the gamecube as the launch title, knowing that like there might not be a lot of first party Nintendo games to come for a while, you know, they, they were very few and far between for a little bit. Like this is a good game to have released first because you can continue to play through it over and over again and like master the mansion in a way. And I think that's a really cool idea because kids that age like that is absolutely the shit that I would have done at that age you know is like finish Luigi's Mansion immediately start from the beginning I have a better idea of the controls I can feel more confident as I'm sucking up ghosts because like it's kind of difficult when you're first starting and as you continue to do it you get better at it Um, but also knowing where everything is bumping up against the little corners and edges to find all the hidden money it seems like a really fun experience in 2001 to have had Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It, I I <laughs> loved kind of unraveling this knot, and I still do. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like thinking about how it compares to Mario sixty four, which it seems like it kind of nods at a lot, especially when you mm. start finding the toads and they're your save point. Right. It even plays similar music. To me, this feels like they took the castle from Mario sixty four and made that the entire game. Like they took out the paintings, yes, taking you to different levels, and like what if exploring that castle and how like weird and also haunted that castle was. <laughs> what if that was the whole game? Yeah. And I also think it's not an accident that like you are turning all the ghosts back into paintings. It's almost like a reverse of Mario 64. In that oh way as shit. Well. Uh, At least great. that was my read on it. That's a great so. read, Steven. <laughs> 
It's a great read. I love that read. That's canon now. Green is the compliment of red, ergo. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think this game is great. I also, like you, I don't really know. I will get to the ranking at the end if, if we want to do that like real quick. I will say that I, I do think this game's vibe is unmatched by the other two, and that's why yes. I like it a lot. But I also like where they've gone since. So yes. I, I kind of enjoy both vibes of this game like i like courage the cowardly dog luigi's mansion i also like gremlins meets going to jekyll and hyde in times square luigi's mansion yeah <laughs> uh i i very much agree and and maybe with that we should move on to the second one yeah let's move on to dark moon i will say um that the the 3ds remake of luigi's mansion uh is by the team that made uh the ports of ocarina of time and majora's mask for 3ds oh um, uh, and yeah. then went on to make Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch. No way. Grezzo is the name of the team, and I'm very excited to see what they do next. I still really want to play Link's Awakening uh, on the oh, Switch. That's actually so that's something I asked for Christmas, because I'm like, I want to receive that as a gift. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to finally play that after all this time. Uh, you're after gonna, It's been a year, but after all this time. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I did a full playthrough of that on our YouTube. It's fun. Yeah. It's really anyway, fun. more... Of Luigi and his mansion. Oh, it is worth noting. Do you know what the money does? Like, it is a high score essentially. But do you know what you get in the first one for it? No. At the very end, Luigi, like, you got. It's like, well, you got all this money. Like, do you want to actually build your own mansion? And depending on how much you got, you uh, get like a nicer mansion. That's great. Yeah, it's it's a nice little bonus at the end. Like, that's you really do fun. actually get a mansion, but it is like it's so Silent Hill that you get a, a letter. <laughs> That you won a contest that you didn't enter. <laughs> That's like should have been the first red flag. It's like Luigi, you just got fished by King Boo. Like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even mention that. King Boo is the big bad. It it doesn't. Yeah. I th- I think my experience playing Luigi's Mansion was like it's weird that there are no boos in this game for as long as there were no boos in the game. You know. Um, yeah. Because I was like, they have boos. That's like a staple of Mario. This house is filled with ghosts. Very weird that all the ghosts are like human people who have died (laughs) and not just like the cute cartoon ghost that I have grown accustomed to. So I do I do like the the King Boo reveal. I thought that was very Yeah, and Boos are like essentially poltergeists. Like they're just like mischief spirits. Yeah, they're just assholes. They're just assholes. (laughs) I do like finding so like once you clear out a room, it lights up and then you your Game Boy Horror will like have a radar if there's a boo in the room. Yeah. And they all have different names. My favorite was the game Boo Advance, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the last fight, the bosses in this game, I think are my favorite bosses still. Like I love mm. the boss fights in the first game. Um, and the last boss is King King Boo traps you in a painting. Again, Mario 64. Yeah. And you fight him dressed as Bowser. It's almost like whoa, imposter syndrome, the game, you know, Mario, <laughs> where it's like, OK, Luigi has to like kind of stumble into the hero's role. And King Boo is like wearing a Bowser costume, and like taking off his head. And it's awesome. It's a really cool. That fight. sounds really fun. Oh, I can't wait to get yeah. to it. Yeah, that sounds yeah, really it's good. A good time. Yeah, um, really good. Luigi's Mansion. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess just like a couple things here and there. I do like uh, all of the. The animation in this game is wild. Uh, so good. The way the way Luigi hums the tune, you know, like nervously as he's kind of wandering the mansion. And then when you clear out all the ghosts, he starts whistling it because he's like confident is like yeah. brilliant shit. I the first time I real, I was like, it's funny that he hums it sometimes and then whistles at other times. And I realized it depended on what room I was in and what rooms I had cleared out. Oh, just brilliant. Brilliant shit. Also, when his health is high and you hit a, he'll go like Mario. Yes. Mario. 
But when his health is low, he's like, Mario! <laughs> he's, like, he's like so desperate. Screaming for like, death. Yeah. <laughs> he needs Mario less when he has more health. You know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Who is your favorite ghost before we move on? I it's it's hard to not say the the scary baby because that's yeah. the one that I'm always gonna think about for the rest of my life now. Oh yeah. The scary baby's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> also, that was my first moment of like I want to throw this controller out the window because I hate the controls so much because mm. before like when you activate that fight you have to pick up the little ball and then throw it at him yeah. um, and then of course the whole boss fight is that and I was like I hated doing it I hated picking that ball up and shooting it it was I constantly missed every time I would pick it up I would I I would be like I'm looking right at him this is it this is great I'm gonna hit him and then I would whiff <laughs> drove me crazy uh, and was much easier again on the Nintendo 3DS which are yeah, controls. Totally. I, I get that. But I do like in the first game too, how like the ghosts really drag you around. Like Luigi yeah. has gotten better at ghost hunting since the first one. Cause he's like yes. being like smacked around the level. It's so fun. And being in this like scary crib, being dragged around <laughs> screaming for your older brother. Very strange. <laughs> I did also like the pianist ghost who uh, she'll play a song and ask you, what it's from in Mario. Oh yeah. It's all, yeah. It's all different. Like Mario songs. Yeah. yeah it's really like, what was the composer thinking of? And it's water or whatever. It's very <laughs> cool. Great game. Fantastic. Weirdly underrated, even though it has sold so much and everyone has played it, you know, that's kind of the irony of this game. Yeah. Um, and as we continue to get further into the franchise, more and more people have played them. Uh, so this one, <laughs> I'll just say 3.3 million copies sold of Luigi's mansion. Um, wow. As far as uh, what, what I've seen, which is a that's a lot. Well, uh, the further in we get, you'll you'll see what I mean. But uh, <laughs> should we take a break and come back and start talking about Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon for the Nintendo 3DS? That sounds great. Let's do it. Great. Mario. Mario. Suka Suka. <laughs> So here I am, 11 years old. I just had a sleepover with my friends. We beat Luigi's Mansion in one night. Wow. 11 years go by. No, I'm sorry. 12 years go by. I wake up one day, lightheaded, worried. I nervously search for my wallet. It's empty. And I go, oh, no, it's the year of Luigi. (laughs) 12 years later. A Luigi's Mansion sequel comes out. I should have been excited for this. We were working for a video game website. I had a 3DS. That was like the only thing you owned. You had like a I, bed <laughs> and a 3DS and a, and a website to turn oh, in copy. Me. I had a little more than a bed, but you're right. In terms of video games, I only had a 3DS. I was right out of college, so I did not have much, but I did have my 3DS and my game of the year. Was Hardwood Fire floors, Awakening. a lamp and a 3DS. Steven played Fire Emblem Awakening. And turned in his review written on lined paper. I did get to review Pokemon <laughs> X that year. That was a fun review. You don't like that bit. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Sometimes I don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> the year of Luigi. Nintendo's in the tank. Oh, shit. Mercedes, please. Anyone, any car company, bail us out. The Wii U's b- bust. If you buy Mario Kart 8, you get two free games. Shulk will show up to your house and say whatever you want to say. It's cameo at your door. (laughs) Uh, The 3DS sold really well. In the face of the Wii U absolutely tanking, the 3DS was like crushing it. Um, Oh, yeah. And wildly enough, 
Nintendo outsourced this game to another team uh, called Next Level Games, who uh, had their their big claim to fame on the GameCube was Super Mario Strikers, which uh, oh yeah, absolutely fucking rips if you haven't played that game. Uh, it's yeah, really, that was like rugby, right? Uh, it's kind soccer, of? but it's good. It's mm, very gotcha. very good. Uh, would recommend. Absolutely bananas game. Uh, they also did the like kind of soft reboot slash remake of Punch Out for the Wii, which was for real one of my favorite Wii games. That was great. Yeah, Donkey Kong was in it, and he would blow a kiss at you. <laughs> it was an incredible game. Um, yeah. And their next game for Nintendo was Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, and I love this game. I am so upset that it has been sitting on a shelf for like years <laughs> and that I haven't played it until now. It was there for you. I think this game is just incredible it manages to i think take a lot of ideas mechanically and kind of um uh, some like core uh some core ideas of luigi's mansion and expand upon them in ways that are i think really wonderful to have in a handheld version of this game um it also unfortunately throws out a lot of the atmosphere that i think made the first game really strong specifically the the portrait ghosts in the first one the ghosts that we keep referring to as looking like real people all gone in this game all the ghosts now are kind of like cartoon specters that like just look you know colorful you know it's like oh here's a blue ghost here's a pink ghost here's a red ghost that looks like blocky and has a big fist you know um that's like the vibe of luigi's mansion dark moon the thing that i think this game succeeds at that i was really surprised by is it really feels like it was made for a handheld console like it's meant to be taken with you and played in small chunks in a way that i think the first one uh does not i mean the first one you know made for the gamecube makes sense but as i was saying the first one really was like at the end of the day a game that was meant to be uh replayed multiple times continue to get your score up etc etc um i think next level games looked at that and said like that should be the core of this game that is actually one of the more interesting elements of luigi's mansions one of the reasons it was so successful um and let's double down on that and i personally really like that approach to this franchise so the way this game is structured is there are multiple mansions it's not just the one um and each mansion has a sequence of essentially levels in a way um, that have you returning to the mansion over and over again, whatever mansion you happen to be on at that point, you return to the mansion over and over again. You have a, like a discrete task you need to complete before EGAD calls you up and is like, cool, you did that thing. Come back to the lab. We'll reset and then we'll go back and do it again uh, with a different mission. So there's like four or five missions per mansion just about. And then, you know, a big boss fight at the end. And I think that loop is incredible i think it's really fun this is another situation where i went and looked up reviews of this and people did not like that aspect of it to me it just feels so at home on the 3ds i found myself like sneaking in missions like just very quick of luigi's mansion dark moon in between doing other things every once in a while i would just like flip open the 3ds knock out one mission in like 15 to 20 minutes close the 3ds and that was it for luigi's mansion that day that is a fun way to play this game I also really appreciate that money means something and does something and is great uh, because you are constantly collecting money the same way you were in the first one. In this case, you are using it to upgrade your vacuum and your flashlight just to make them more powerful or better. I think the vacuum upgrades are really interesting because you have to hold on to a ghost for longer before you can uh, then smash them on the ground, which we can talk about. But 
That's kind of a risk reward thing because the ghosts could get away if you're holding on to them longer before you actually suck them up. This game also adds a ton of quality of life stuff that I like desperately wish was in the first game. And in some instances actually did make it into the 3DS remake, specifically the ability to hold down the flashlight to like charge it up and then let it go is just so helpful. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a really good choice. And they add this thing called the dark light, which I love, love, love that allows you to kind of. Uh, first of all, see things that are invisible in the environment, which have been hidden in the environment by booze and you shine the dark light on it and then it releases all these orbs that you have to suck up with your vacuum that kind of releases that thing from, I don't know, whatever like magic spell the booze cast on it. I think that's very fun for for puzzle solving. I had a really great time with that. But also on top of all of that, just like sucking up ghosts is easier and more fun, I think. And because of that, they're able to throw more at you. And that makes the game even more tense at times where you're losing that in the atmosphere. You're getting it in the gameplay, I think, in a lot of instances. I totally agree. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the trade off. I think it's really worth pointing out like that. I think that the task this game was given by wanting to exist, you know, making a sequel to like a sort of cult hit on the GameCube 12 years later was really like proving like, does this have legs? Like, can you do this again? Yeah. And this game out of the three of them adds so many incredible like gameplay features that have now become staples going forward. I mean, there's only one game after this, but I imagine they will make more. And I imagine like all of the games after dark moon are like riding off of this foundation. I think so too. Um, Yeah. Like the the holding the flashlight to like charge it is so gratifying. The vacuum is great. And the vacuum itself is really like Nintendo, the Nintendo game design philosophy in one of its finest examples of like taking one action and building a whole game around it. Right. Like just the act of vacuuming anything is fun. It has that like watching a YouTube video of like cleaning a carpet, like part <laughs> of your brain is it is yeah. scratched. And it reminds me of Splatoon in that way where Splatoon is like a game built around just swimming in the paint and like painting stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fact that they've just made that work for three games is really impressive because like I think in other hands it would feel tedious to vacuum everything. And I like want to vacuum everything I find and like finding like a loose rope or a curtain and like ripping the curtain off, like the countdown where it's like you suck something up and then like a appears and you hit a to like rip something or to smash something. It it really adds so much to this game's like feeling. Yes. And uh, I think it's incredible. Honestly, the only thing I can say about this game that I think puts it like a peg lower than the other two is EGAD calls you constantly (laughs) like I I do I agree with you I like the level breakup I like that there are five levels and I like that each level is going for a different atmosphere I especially like the third area with like all the clocks and gears and sand Mm. it's really cool I thought that like okay once I get through the first area like EGAD will stop calling me after like everything because what I loved about the first game and the third game is like you're given a lot of knowledge like EGAD tells you a lot like the game is is giving you a lot of information and tools to succeed but you are piecing things together on your own and in in dark moon like egad will not stop telling you what to do which <laughs> that, that kind of bummed me out at a certain point because like i would do something and i would be like oh cool and now i want to try it with this and he would call me and be like come back to the lab instead of entertaining your own curiosity <laughs> yes yeah I, I do think there are a lot of moments where i have learned how to do something at the exact moment that that egad calls me and pulls me out where it's like oh no no no, no. like now that i know how to do this 
it kind of sets off a light bulb about four other things that I saw in the environment before yes, that I really exactly. want to go check out. The the solve for that really is like you could go load into any of the levels again and go check them out. I've actually gone through and played through the whole first mansion again, which surprisingly was very fun with some of the abilities that you get later. Because one of the things is that each of the levels has a has a boo in there and also you get ranked based on how high your score is by the end of it and how long it takes you to do it. Um, so they really do kind of double down on that arcade, uh, score totally. chase kind of thing. And I find that to be very gratifying, but I, I definitely, I definitely agree that EGAD calls you too much, which is why I ended up getting to the point where I was just playing one mission at a time and then putting the game down and moving on to something else for a while was like, if that's how the game is going to, uh, if, if that's what it's rewarding, then I'm going to like try and play on its terms instead of the terms that I feel it should be played on. Um, and see how that feels. And I do think that that is like good and fun and I had a good time with it. But there are moments where like you really do want to just keep hanging out and they just don't let you. Yeah, it's almost like too strict about its uh, its con- concept of how you should be playing the game. It's almost like you and I talk a lot about Dragon Quest and how Dragon Quest is like best played like 30 minutes to an hour before bed. It's almost as if Dragon Quest wouldn't turn on again after an hour. Like you turned it on and there was like a timer that was like, all right, you have 60 minutes, fucker. Enjoy. There's also one sequence in this game that I cannot forgive and I cannot wrap my head around. It's right before the second boss. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, No, which, which, what what bit is that? There is a giant staircase before the second boss. (laughs) And there are three, every floor, there are three stairs to choose from. And there's one right choice. And if you choose the wrong stairs, all the stairs turn into flat surfaces and And you you slide slide all the way down and you fight ghosts. So, okay, cool. I must, there must be some environmental clue on how to see which is the real stairs. I have a flashlight that can illuminate illusions. (laughs) This will be a lot of fun. I love puzzles. It's literally trial and error. Like I looked up multiple guides. There's no actual way until you've chosen incorrectly and the torches are lit on the right stair. You just have to try them all. <laughs> and that was such a bummer and took like a half hour that like my, it made me like the game less. Mm, but everything else yeah. is incredible. And I don't I don't want to hold that moment against the game. But like that was baffling. That was a baffling moment in an otherwise great game. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely get that. What? How do you feel about the the loss of the portrait ghosts and like that style of, I guess, anime? Um, I miss them. And especially, and we'll talk about this more in three. It it was interesting playing this one first and then playing one after and being like, oh, wait, like I wish this was in the second one. Mm -hmm. But again, I I think the second one is so strong in other areas. Again, I think it really figures out like how to make the series even more like gamey. Like I love the arcadey collectathon aspect to it. Like I love like poking at angles in the mansion and like discovering crawl spaces where you can like peek through uh, a thing. I now, really I, since I mentioned that one part, I didn't like one part of this game that is genuinely horrifying is a room full of dolls. Of course, there's a doll whose head follows you. Sure. And there's a dollhouse <laughs> and you can peek in the small window in the dollhouse. And what you see is the room you're in and you see yourself looking through the dollhouse. Yeah. That sucked in a good way. <laughs> But that was genuinely scary. But I, this game is incredible. I think you can also tell it was made when the 3DS remembered it had the 3D option. Because so many moments like call attention to like, oh, put the 3D on and see the ghosts like, yeah. hanging out. I did. I did have I've a bunch a of times. Yeah, I, I same here. I, I turned the 3D on more than I 
more than I expected to. Um, I mean, I, I never expected to turn three on, I guess. Um, and, and ended up, uh, throwing it on for a bunch of segments, which was really fun. And the first mansion specifically, um, I, I, I had a couple of moments where it was like, I am actually enjoying this with the 3d on and then would immediately have to turn it back off because as soon as you start using the gyro controls to aim around the 3d breaks, essentially just like doesn't work because it can't track your eyes anymore. Uh, and then just stops working. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, this game deserves major credit for introducing Luigi's ghost dog. Uh, who's just an incredible companion. Yes, and so, becomes a, a huge part of three. In talking about these three games, this game feels like the season of a TV show that's a little slower, but is like doing all the groundwork for the next season to kind of take off. <laughs> yes. And that's it's it's an incredible game. Like it's really fun. If you have a 3DS and you haven't played it, like you should. It's a great time. Um, and I think what you said earlier really sums it up. They're sacrificing atmosphere for gameplay. And I think the third one has an answer to that balance. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll keep playing it. It's really fun. And it is perfect, like, before bed or whatever. It yeah. has that, like, that little bit at a time, like you mentioned. And, uh, you know, if anyone's going to call me a lot, it should be Egad. Whatever. I'll spend time <laughs> with him. I like the guy. Yeah. Uh, great character. Uh, what, what is the... Oh, you get the, like, original Nintendo DS. Like, the like the tanky silver DS in that one instead of the Game Boy Horror. Uh, yeah, it feels so. The system that you use to communicate with Egad in the third one is the Virtual Boy, essentially, yeah. which is so funny. I, I wonder if it's a like Nintendo roasting their least favorite consoles, <laughs> like pretty much. Uh, I mean, yeah, when when yeah. Egad hands you the Virtual Boy, it's like just a dunk fest for a while on how silly the Virtual Boy was. Um, yeah, it's great. DS is great, obviously, but the first design of it was a little off. Yeah, it was very silly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Game Boy Horror just it works. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon I liked a lot. Uh, it sold six point three million copies. <laughs> You're Luigi. You're Luigi. Um, so that's can just about just about twice what the first one sold. Can you imagine selling that many copies of Luigi's Mansion and the, the year of Luigi still results <laughs> in a net loss of four hundred million dollars? Yeah, they're losing a lot of money on the Wii U. Very sad. <laughs> Um, I don't mean to mock. It's just funny that that was when they lost that much money. The next game in the franchise was Luigi's Mansion Arcade by Capcom, which uh, I, I have no understanding of. Outside of, I think it's a first person game and you hold on to the vacuum, um, kind of like a House of the Dead situation where you have to like aim the vacuum at ghosts. Uh, it looks very fun. I, I, I'd like to play it sometime. After that was the Luigi's Mansion 3DS remake by Grezzo. Uh, and that leads us to Luigi's Mansion 3 for the switch you want to take a break and come back and talk about that one that sounds lovely cool. thanks for everything dark moon i love the flashlight i love the dog i love you gad goodbye bye this game opens with Toad driving a bus. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. He can't see over the steering wheel. Uh, he keeps like lifting himself up to drive the bus. I really love it. And as you go through the bus, you see Mario and Peach hanging out on the bus. All their stuff is packed up. A bunch of Toads hanging out on the bus. And way in the back, like one of the cool kids in high school, mm -hmm. Luigi is asleep. With his green suitcase. Green suitcase, head against the, the window. 
uh, as they drive to their destination. That's right. A hotel. They all won a free stay at a luxury hotel. Have they learned nothing? You can send an email to any of these assholes and just say, you're a winner. You're a winner. Just enter your social security number here and you would you would get everything. You would yeah. get all their money. Yeah. Uh, and you know they got money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They own Mario Kart. <laughs> That's what this this opening scene feels like it's in the same universe as Mario Kart. Like they're all just back from a couple carefree races. And like, yeah, why don't we go on vacation. This this is I mean, people have talked about this a lot on the Internet, but there's like there's this going theory that all the Mario games are connected, which, of course, yeah. they're not. But like there's this going theory that all of them are like one continuous story. And at a certain point after a lot of like the Super Mario worlds and the Odysseys and things like that, there's a moment where like Bowser and Mario just kind of like make good and they become friends or like maybe we should stop doing this. And that's where like Mario Party and Mario Kart and Mario Golf and Strikers <laughs> and all those things come into play. It's like, let's just hang out now. We have all this money. We have all these gold coins we've been collecting for decades. Let's spend them. Let's spend that money. And do you think that's also when Luigi's Mansion happens? Like, as everyone else is enjoying this wealth, Luigi has to fight ghosts. <laughs> from, from knowing his luck, absolutely. Yeah. I love... So, this game is, like, beautiful. Like, I feel like... Maybe it was exemplified because I was going right from my Wii to the Switch, but like it still feels like it, it. It's one of the better looking Switch games from like the first party stuff. Honestly, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, it's like the 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 use of color and how bright it is when they're like on the bus going to the resort. The resort's beautiful. I get why they're excited to go. It's like a. It's not the haunted, you know, like moss filled mansion that yeah. Luigi got the first time. It's like a golden statue. It's, it's a big golden tower. It's very uh, yeah. Biff from Back to the Future Part 2 in a way. Oh, um, yeah. But less evil, I would say. <laughs> uh, until until the night comes. Right. So they all go to. And really going back to what we do in the shadows, which we were talking about, this made me feel like Luigi is the Guillermo of the Mario verse. And that like, <laughs> they're all just dumbasses wandering in directions and he has to like secretly take care of everything. Yeah. Although unlike Guillermo, Luigi is a coward, <laughs> <laughs> but he's braver in this one. He's much like, he's still nervous. Yes. But he like in Luigi's Mansion one, he shows up because he won a contest. He didn't enter. And Egad saves him and he's like, okay, like we'll go help your brother, I guess. Right. So he wants to save his brother, but like, you know, he's stumbling into danger. There's, it's even more existential in two because like Egad is like working with the ghosts and is like friends with the ghosts. I love, right. <laughs> I also just love the comic duo of Luigi and Egad because Egad is not scared of anything. The yeah. dude like is unfazed and laughs at Luigi when he's scared, which <laughs> is so funny when the game sometimes is scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Egad is your friend laughing at you at the movies for getting scared at something. Yeah. Luigi's man. The first time you see Egad in Luigi's mansion, he has the vacuum and he's doing all the stuff that yeah. you're about to do. He has been living outside of that mansion. I think he says his whole life just about and has yeah. been studying ghosts his whole life, which means he's been wandering through the mansion with a vacuum the whole time. Uh, and he's like, why don't I just get this guy to do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think he said the mansion just appeared like it like manifested. Oh, yeah. He's been living in that area because yes. it's been there's been ghosts in the area. But I think you're right. I think he said the mansion just appeared out of nowhere. And then in, in Dark Moon, he's like, 
you're like the best guy I know at ghost hunting. So why don't you do this? But like, you're also the only guy I know. So like this, yeah. like, it's just like, he just shows up and is given a vacuum. Yeah. But I love like, you see a little bit of confidence. Like one of my favorite things I forgot to mention about the second one is like, when you do something or beat a boss, Luigi will like start dancing and he's like, Oh yeah, I got it. And like, yeah, it, it, oh, something will like hit him or he'll trip. But like, he has these like brief moments of like, yeah, I fucking rule, which yeah. I love to see. It's really good. I, the first moment that I realized he was a little bit braver than the first one in, in Dark Moon is uh, when you capture a bunch of ghosts, you like beat your first boss and you go back to the lab and Egad is like, well, you know what to do. And he he brings up the thing where you like dump all the ghosts in, like you yeah. connect the thing and Luigi gives like a little nod and he then hooks it up like immediately without really needing to be told how to do it. Whereas in the first one, he's like fumbling around and stuff. And then in the third one, which I love once you finally get the lab, the thing pops up. Egad doesn't even say anything. Luigi just turns around and hooks up the vacuum and just like yeah, dumps dude. everything that's in there. He's ready. He's ready. And so what happens here, the hotel King Boo's back, baby. And the hotel staff who are all ghosts, clearly wearing masks, which is so funny. Yeah, they're they horrifying. First greet you. Yeah. It is horrifying. You immediately sent me that screenshot of like the steward and like the, the scary hat. They have like googly mask. eyes attached to the eyes on the masks they're so scary they're much scarier than anything in the game yes (laughs) that should have been the first warning sign but anyway everyone gets turned into paintings you run from king boo and you find that egad was turned into a painting which actually was i was very sad when i saw that um because you know i I love egad yeah but uh you shine him with the illusion flashlight he comes out and he's like luigi we should just get out of here like this is our chance and Luigi <laughs> says to stay. He's like, no, we got to save all our friends. Yeah. Which is great. Like, it's it's little. It's not like major character development. But like, I do like how he gets braver. Like, I think that's a fun little detail. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah. And Egad relents and is like, cool. Yeah, let's hang out. He's like, I'll, I'll help you out. He builds a little. He has like a little mini lab uh, that he sets lab. up in the garage uh, that you get to go back and forth between. Um, and he sets you off on your way. I love I mean, just getting back to how much I love Dark Moon and the way Dark Moon works in terms of having the different mansions, having the the mission structure, this game manages to take that idea and make it almost diegetic in the world in a way that is like so wonderful because the way it works is missions are broken up by literally floors of the hotel. Yes. And as you make your way through each of the floors, you will eventually fight a boss at the end of that floor who will give you another button for the elevator that will take you to another floor. Somebody has removed all the buttons from the elevator and you have to get the buttons back so you can go visit the other floors. It's like a very clever way of hiding the exact same mission structure as the second one in the world just to just to make it more believable and make it more immersive. Yeah, and I love that eventually you can like teleport back to the lab wherever you are. So you don't have yeah. to like, Oh my god, it's so helpful. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um this game is incredible. I think this might be my favorite of the bunch. It's like pretty much tied between the first one and this one. Cause I think that like, well, I do love like you gotta give a lot of credit to Dark Moon for like giving this game all the tools it needed to kind of like run with. Yeah. Um, I just love that they bring back the portrait ghost in a big way. Like every floor has a big boss and like the boss fights are also really fun. Actually, I think this might have the best boss fights, even though it's hard to top the scary baby in one. Like I love that every boss is kind of like just like a different vibe and, and different mechanics. Like there's one area that's like a mall and there's a very Paul Blart esque ghost there. Yeah. And like 
that whole area is about like getting keys and like sort of this like, you know, lock and key puzzle, like uh, unlocking this like kind of Rubik's Cube area. And then the fight with him is really where they test your use of Guiji, who I'm obsessed with. I think <laughs> Guiji makes this game like even better than it already was. And I can't believe that. Like I, I saw Guiji, I heard Guiji, I laughed, I moved on with my life like everyone else. I didn't realize that Guiji was the reason I exist. And <laughs> it's so funny because like whenever you summon Guiji, who's essentially a copy of Luigi. So if you summon Guiji, you're controlling Guiji and, and Luigi stays wherever he was or continues doing whatever he was doing in that moment. But like he, his consciousness is transferred to Guiji, his persona, <laughs> I guess. And uh, Guiji, you know, goes around and can go through like grates and and uh, drains and also can get like hit by sharp objects and projectiles and not get hurt. His only weakness is water, which right. feels like Guiji is a superhero that has like one weakness, you know, yeah. it's like kryptonite is water essentially. But that, that ability, it, it reminds me weirdly of inside where you had that, like leaving one character and controlling another. Yeah. But it just makes the puzzle solving so much more dynamic and fun. And like, I love the comedy where like the first time you do something as the two of them, like, Luigi yells and Guiji like raises a slow fist. Like they always kind of forget <laughs> who's conscious like in the game. Like it's so funny. Yeah. And so disturbing too. Like Guiji will put keys he finds in himself. Just an incredible character. I'm obsessed with Guiji. Yeah. Guiji's really, really fun. Guiji also allows you to play this game uh, co-op like multiplayer, which that's fun. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to do before recording, um, but I think I probably will do. As I said with the first one, and as I said with the second one, I will say this of the third one, I will probably finish this game. Like, I actually do think I'm going to go and finish yeah, all three too. of these games now that I've started them, because they're all fucking great. But I really do want to play this one uh, co-op. I also want to try the multiplayer. There's a whole multiplayer element. Like, an, I, it seems like little puzzle boxes, like you and somebody else. I think up to four people, or maybe even up to eight people, all get to do these, like, little puzzles together. Seems very cool, but... Anyway, th this game is great. I started playing it and I was a little bit iffy on it because it seemed at first like this is weird to say, but like too cinematic for the first mm. like hour to two hours. I was like, there's a lot of cutscenes. There's <laughs> a lot of cutscenes. Feels very railroady. Uh, I I was like, I'm not really getting the like exploration side of it the way that I was hoping for. It's almost like they just invested so much in making it look incredible that they like forgot to make it fun. And then at a certain point, I was like, I've been playing this for three hours straight. <laughs> uh, it, it really it really took hold of me. I, I thought that this was going to be my least favorite of the three. And I think you're right that it really just it, it brings back the portrait ghosts. I think it it takes the mission structure of the second one and all of the quality of life improvements of the second one. Um, it adds Guiji. And what that means is like it's just kind of a best of of the first two. Yeah, that's and, how it feels. Yeah. And then expands upon that even further. I, I think this is probably the best one of the three. Uh, and and I, I can't wait to keep playing it. I Like you, I got about halfway in. Um, I think you and I are actually at the exact same point. Um, yeah. Which uh, is great. I, all the boss fights are wonderful. I don't I don't even know. Like, I feel like I'm just like gushing about Luigi's Mansion 3. There's like almost not a lot to say outside of like everything we said that was good about the first one is here. Everything we said was good about the second one is also here. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is like it doesn't have the same creepiness of the first one, but the sense the setting is so strong. Like, yeah. And I love how every floor has a different theme. So you have like, you know, the sort of food court vibe of one area you've got mm -hmm. like the first 
three or four floors feel like logistical parts of a resort. And then they start having a lot of fun with it, where one is just a castle. It's like, all right, you're in a castle area now. There's eventually like, you know, sort of like a forest area, which is the one I played at my friend's house. It also like really flexes like where the series can go. Because I think one big question I have is like, I love these games. I would love to see more. But like, what do you do after three? It it kind of feels like a hard place to top. And honestly, like, I wonder if there's a place for an Odyssey style Luigi's Mansion, you know, which feels a little bit antithetical to the design because it does have that root in horror and that root in like being in an isolated place stuck somewhere. But I just wonder if there's a way to make that even, you know, bigger in some way. But Mm. at the same time, these three games are good. I don't need more of something I love. Like, I'm happy with these three and I'll replay them whenever I want. So, yeah, that's I'm kind of conflicted. That takes me to, I think, my my biggest question. Um, so this game, just to go back, Luigi's Mansion 1, 3.3 million. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, 6.3 million. Luigi's Mansion 3, 9.6 million units sold <laughs> of this game. And based on its success, Nintendo then went and bought Next Level Games. So Next Level Games is now like a Nintendo developer, like a first-party Nintendo team, which probably means they're going to make a fourth one, right? Like this game being this successful means there's got to be a fourth one. I like you keep racking my brain. I don't know what you do for a fourth one. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I land on is like, I just, I don't know what, I don't know how you improve on this. Um, I feel like the hotel is like a good vibe. Like, I don't know, pirate ship, like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> Bioshock. And that's kind of what I mean. It's like a Bioshock. I feel like each floor is like, this could have been a setting. This could have been a setting, you know, like they yes. keep, like giving you like a bite-sized version of like what a full game could be. But at the same time, like I I imagine that after playing, like honestly, I don't know if this is how I felt, but I think one of the reasons I wasn't in a huge rush to play Dark Moon in the year of Luigi was I was like, how do you top that? You know, how do you like, yeah. what what is there to do after the first game? That was such a nice, concise thing. Right. And that game proved that there was more to do. And three feels like even more like, Three really is like, okay, this is a series now. Like, this is like its own thing. Yeah. Um, you're not getting this game because you want a Mario game. You want a Luigi's Mansion game. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm really excited. I think, again, the central mechanic of the vacuum is like gold. It's, like, it's so fun. It's also like weirdly complicated in a way that isn't overbearing. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> when you think about the main mechanic of other Nintendo games, like Mario, for example, which is jump. It's funny that this game is like <laughs> flash of light, then wait a second, then reel them in, but not too fast. Like, you know, there's so many yeah. parts to it, but it becomes second nature. I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be fun to maybe see like actual parts of the Mushroom Kingdom in this sort of horror lens, you know, mm. like um, that, could that be would fun. be cool. But again, I think it's like, well, I don't need more. I think that the series has proved that it's only really gotten better on a gameplay level. So like, I'm just open to whatever they're working on at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's kind of where I'm at too. I kind of trust this team to do whatever they want now. Uh, yeah, Luigi's Mansion Three is much better than I thought it was going to be. I was, I was really like going into it. I, I was a little bit like too cool for school. Like I don't know, man. I think the second <laughs> one's going to be it for me. And uh, this game really won me over. Well, because I think that's. I kind of, I kind of assumed it was more for like a younger audience, which like it is. Like it's definitely for a general audience, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's it's very much in the Nintendo like vibe of for everyone and not like specifically for like because I feel like there are some series Nintendo has that are specifically for like a much younger audience. And there's definitely a need for that. Like I'm not against that. Like 
not everything is for me. Um, but like Yoshi games these days tend to be like, okay, this is for kids, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, you can still enjoy them as an adult, but I feel like Luigi's Mansion proved my assumption on that wrong for the series. Yeah, I do. I do. So this this game came out in 2019. I'm just looking at my goatee list for 2019, and I think this would have made it had I played it. Yeah, I think so, too. I think um, the one game on my goatee list of that year that I'm like not as hot on is Outer Worlds, which like, I loved. I still like that game a lot, but I'm mm. like, I don't know if that would top this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> um. Yeah, there. Hey, there are a couple things in 2019 that I, I I wish I could move around. Death Stranding was number 14 for me. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Oh, Brendan, you should have played the whole thing. <laughs> well, that's it's always nice. It's nice to you know we can't possibly like I don't think anybody can play everything a year has to offer. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see where we were at and and what we would have done differently. Totally. Um, but uh, nothing would have dethroned three houses. Don't worry. We're not, <laughs> no, we're absolutely not. We're not, not fools. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I had a great time with this game. I love the boss that plays the piano and the music changes. Oh, that's the other so thing. Fun. I knew there was something. The soundtrack in this one is unbelievable. Yeah. Like there's like a jazz orchestration for most of it. And it's just like, it just knows it's good. It's one of those games that just, <laughs> I feel like is constantly flaunting how good it knows it is. And I yeah. love that confidence so much. Yeah. Um, if you have a switch, I, I would I would now consider this like, yeah, this is like a must get at this point. Yeah. Which I did not assume I would think like I did not. I was comfortable not playing this game in Goaty season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same foolish. same deal with me and the whole franchise. Like I, I went into this <laughs> just thinking like, yeah, it'll be cute to play the Luigi's Mansion games. Like it seems like a fun thing to talk about. And now I'm walking away from it being like, I'm a huge Luigi's Mansion. Fan. <laughs> Where did this I'm, come an, from? I'm an EGAD stan. <laughs> yeah, what are big mansion fans called? What's, what's the term? I, I think we're the Gooigis, right? <laughs> Let me be your Gooigi. I'm Goo Goo Gaga for the mansion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Dollars? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> in the sink somewhere. Coins? There's this no- game also uses money really well. Oh yeah, you, there's a shop. There's a you shop. You buy items. Lab. Yeah, you buy the dog bone. That's like a free revive. Oh my god, one of the bosses is the French chef from Little Mermaid, like as a shrimp. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I meant to mention this earlier when when you mentioned this, but like the the portrait ghost that they bring back. Uh, this is really like a blending of one and two. But the portrait ghosts don't look like real humans who have actually died in real life anymore. Like in the first game, they're like a nice blend of that and the art direction of the second one, the like colorful ghosts. Yeah. They're, they're like a kid's movie starring ghosts and not, yeah, not like, not like <laughs> this, this baby people. actually died. Yeah. <laughs> Which is horrifying. Which is also scary to see alongside Luigi. You know, it's always jarring yes. to see like a real human next to Luigi or Mario. Here's one of the things about this game that I found interesting is that the hotel is made for real people. Yeah. And, Mario and Luigi and friends are hypothetically real people. We're, we're getting back to the Super Mario Odyssey thing, right? Where like they, they released a trailer for Super Mario Odyssey and immediately everybody was like, that's Mario standing next to a real human businessman. What is Mario then by comparison? He's like a strange cartoon homunculus by comparison to a, yeah. a, a normal person who wanders around New Donk City. The hotel in this game, I don't know if you've noticed, is very much made for real people. It is very much in that same vein of a new donk city 
they look very out of place, Mario and Luigi and friends, which I think is very interesting, as evidenced by the fact that the sinks, all the sinks are so high up that they have to crawl on top of them yeah, to like turn the right. sinks on. Think about that. It's yeah. very interesting. That's scary. Yeah, That's what? spooky. <laughs> That's the true horror of all three games. <laughs> is oh, that man. these cartoon yeah, this... people live among us? Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm really excited to play more three. It's also like, I think two is the longest. I think two is like a 12, 15 hour game. Yeah. And I think one and three are like between six and eight, depending on. But again, that's like how long Metroid Dread is. And like, I love that, like, just nice, concise length for a game. Yeah. Yeah. Especially one that you might like just try to do better next time at. You know, it's like, okay, I want to beat it in less time or I want a higher score. Again, the arcadey side of it. Yeah. Speaking of Metroid, one of the things that I learned in going through all these sales numbers is that the Luigi's Mansion trilogy has sold more than every Metroid game combined. <laughs> Except for Metroid Dread, which we don't have like firm, firm numbers on. Metroid Dread puts that number over Luigi's Mansion, but these three games by themselves had pre-Dread outsold all of Metroid. Yeah, I'm looking at the the number one. Oh my God. I'm looking at the best-selling Switch games currently. Number one is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with... 37.08 million copies. Yeah. What was it? Wait, there's another one that I learned. Um, this one really fucked me up. I, I should have written this one. Down too. <laughs> Number two is New Horizons, which is not surprising either. Um, all right, here, here's one. Luigi's Mansion 3 outsold every single Legend of Zelda game except for Twilight Princess. I'm seeing Breath of the Wild sold more, though. Here. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Breath of the Wild and Twilight Princess. Wow. That's wild. Every other Zelda game sold significantly less than Luigi's Mansion 3 did, which I think says all we need to say about this being like a tentpole Nintendo franchise at this point. Yeah, it sold more than Minecraft on Switch. <laughs> it is, Luigi's Mansion 3 is the 12th best-selling Nintendo Switch game. It's wild. Yeah. Really wild. Sorry, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Try to I sell d- two more million copies. Thanks. I just keep thinking, so so Luigi's Mansion 3, probably, I imagine even by the end of this Halloween, because I'm sure it's getting like promoted again, will be over 10 million units sold, if I were to guess. It's wild to look at that in comparison to a series like The Legend of Zelda, which like, you think of Nintendo, you think of Zelda, that is like their bread and butter, that is the thing that moves units, right? That's the thing that sells consoles for them. It's shocking to think that Luigi's Mansion 3 is like far and away a much better mover of units than most Zelda games have ever been. <laughs> right. I mean, Breath of the Wild did sell 22 million copies, so it's, yeah. it's doing well, but I know what you mean, especially like, yeah, it's, it's really like outside of like the mega hits, like Mario Kart, New Horizons and uh, Breath of the Wild. We just mentioned three knows what it's doing. Yeah. Uh, I understand why they, why they bought that company. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if there will be like a Luigi's Mansion party, like murder mystery trivia from Jackbox. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say like a like a Jackbox thing. Yeah, like a haunted Mario party. Yeah, that'd be very fun. I'd be into that. Does that wrap it up? This is a nice tight episode. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, it's hard. Any anything else I would have to say is just calling out specific examples of what I love. But like, <laughs> yeah. I think we did a pretty good job like covering what we thought about each one. They're all worth playing. I, I want to stress that. Like, they're all really good and they all have their own vibe. I would say, like, if I had three is an easy recommendation because it's on Switch, it's the easiest to get. And, like, yeah. 
it's probably the most fun to play. But the other two are are right alongside it. And I think one is so distinct from the other two for being legitimately Resident Evil with Luigi in it. Right. Um, so, you know, if you want that, if you want a baby to, to, you know, haunt your dreams and uh, kick your ass in a giant crib, that's the <laughs> one to get. Get your Wii out of the dumpster and play it. Yeah. I think, I think the easiest way to play these games right now, Switch for Luigi's Mansion 3, you could pick up a Nintendo 2DS for like anywhere between like 80 to to $100, maybe even less if you get one used, and then you can get the first two games on that, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, these games are pretty accessible in ways that most Nintendo games are not. The first yeah. one on GameCube is a little pricey. I'm sure it um, is, yeah. but I wouldn't even like- recommend that if you can't go... <laughs> get it you know i thought i still had the disc and i lost it so i i did go and buy it i will say when i bought this game i went to my favorite retro store in chicago and uh everyone who worked there like did a chef kiss like when i bought luigi's mansion one and someone said <laughs> you're making my day which That's was great. like just a sign it was a good choice yeah, yeah this yeah. is what i'm talking about there's like a cult of luigi's mansion <laughs> they live among us exactly uh see so yeah, i think that will be it though but um this is fun, man. I, I definitely, this is another case of a bonus or just an episode where like, I want to go play the game we're talking about once we're done. Yeah. Like I will continue playing three and uh, fight the French chef. <laughs> but anyway, hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we want to give a special thanks to our patrons who allow these bonuses to be possible. You know who you are. Thank you so much. Into the Cast.online is our hub for everything. That's anywhere you can listen to the show, as well as our YouTube and Twitch, which we've been more active with. Um, I think by the time this comes out, I will have concluded my spooky season streams, but those will all be on our YouTube if you want to catch up. And uh, after that, I'm going to continue streaming my Three Houses maddening run for a bit, and then I'm going to start my Nuzlocke run of Brilliant Diamond, which I'm very excited for once that comes out. Um, So those will probably be like my two things I stream for a bit. And uh, I imagine the Nuzlocke and uh, honestly, both will carry me for a while. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, things might pop up here or there, but that's what I'll, I might even like with those two, I might even like find a day that I commit to rather than just being whenever, but I'll let you know about that. But um, anything you have on the horizon for streaming and, and YouTube stuff? yeah yeah the colder it gets the more i'll be streaming generally speaking that that seems to be my move i will say my next couple months are like starting to fill up with stuff which is kind of nice but uh i I do want to stream something you and i have talked about a little bit off the show i have like dark machinations of things that i'll be streaming um yeah i uh here's a weird one been thinking about playing through and unlocking everything in mario kart ds uh, which just seems like a really silly thing to do Dude, on stream. I've done it and you should do it. It's, yeah. it's, I love Mario Kart DS. Mario Kart is like right up there with Luigi's Mansion where it's like these games sell so fucking well <laughs> and everyone knows them, but there are, there's a weird lack of respect. You know, there's like yeah. a, a scoff like, Oh, whatever. But it's like, no, these are genuinely good. It's one of those cases where something sells well for a reason. I truly think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is a perfect video game. Yeah. And Mario Kart DS was like that until that came out. I think that, so too. to me, that was like the peak until Mario Kart 8. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about Mario Kart DS on the show sometime soon. Hey, man, I, you got my number. You know where I am. Yeah. I had I had two thought two like weird uh, DS thoughts. One of them was Mario Kart DS. The other one was uh, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days for the yeah, DS, right. which I'm considering also playing. Uh, I don't know why, but uh <laughs> 
both of those came into my head recently, but we'll see. Uh, and and as I did last year, I'll probably pick like a, a nice long chunky game to stream all of at some point as well like i did with death stranding i don't know what it is i just did the math in that kingdom hearts title and the the sum is 179 so i think like a huge kingdom hearts fan would just say you play 179 you know like (laughs) or just 179 yeah great thanks right (laughs) really the 24601 of uh, kingdom hearts lore you know thank you all for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. My name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you for uh, hanging uh, out uh, with us during uh, spooky uh, season. Hello? Bye-bye.